You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the No Low Ballers podcast. I'm your host, Logan Medish of High Caliber History. I'm joined around the table with Alan from GunBroker.com, Dan from Go Wild, and Vince Perot, the Director of Brand Marketing at Smith & Wesson. Welcome, and welcome, 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 welcome. <laughs> I just, I, I'm excited about this episode. Can you, can this, you tell? This is going to be a good one. This yeah, is gonna be a good one. this is going to be a good one. So, Vince, thanks for joining us today. That's right. Thanks for having me. So we've we've got a lot of history to talk about today, which is why I'm very excited. I mean, old history and new history. Yes, old history and new history. We're, it's This is literally going to go full circle, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of, of what we're doing with this one. Uh, we're going to go 170 years of history in a circle. So um, we're going to go back to 1854, and we're going to go to 2024 with a new gun named after 1854. So right. explain a little bit about this weird circle thing that I just did. Yeah, so two years ago, we kind of set out... Uh, after the COVID surge, we had a little bit of time to, to sit down and innovate and wanted to introduce a new category. We saw basically in the market, there was a huge demand for lever action rifles. Uh, so we started down the path and we're like, okay, let's develop one. I think it makes a ton of sense on paper from where the brand is, how long we've been there and all that stuff. So through the research, started digging and then really found out that our founders had patented the first lever action handgun, the volcanic uh, handgun. Um, and so that was in 1854. I think it was February 14th, 1854. What a great Valentine's Day thing. Yeah, right. right. And <laughs> gift that keeps on giving. And Browning uh, also had one of his first patents on what became the 1911 on February 14th. So That's the day. Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of like a cool little find and, and a little bit of the catalyst and how we we're going to tell the story and, and bring it full circle. It was, you know, it's such a an iconic rifle um, and the brands that have played there before we entered have been there for so long um, so for us as a new player new um, you know there's got to be a way to stand out and mm -hmm. we gotta and so I thought it was such a cool story to bring it back to we were actually the first ones there so we belong in this space and and I think the new version really does go full circle. It 100% gets it up to speed with what's going on today in the market and what people are looking for. Um, but it also just is that like, hey, this is we're here and here's a real player in the space that we're happy about too, and we can put our name on it. So yeah, pretty exciting. So it is a 44 caliber yep. lever gun yeah. is what you guys brought out. Yeah, we went 44 just because we have such a history with that that sure. round in particular. But then, 
you know, if there's so much in terms of like a hunting application with this rifle, and so you get into a straight wall uh, opportunities mm-hmm. with some of those states, yep. and it's just a really like flexible, versatile caliber. Uh, it shoots really well out of that. There's not a ton of recoil. Uh, oh yeah, just because yeah. Of the rifle and and all that, but. Uh, really good for hunting. We were able to take it on some fall hunts, and uh, I mean, it did really, really well. Super accurate. So um, it just like it made a ton of sense for us to enter there. A little bit of white space. You know, most people would assume you, you go into the longer action stuff with 4570 and things like that. But right. uh, wanted to be a little bit different out of the gate. So 44 seemed like the best best way to do it. Well, I mean, 44 of course is just linked to Smith & Wesson. I mean, the, the Model 29. Indelibly. Yeah, exactly. The combat magnums. Um, and, but you also look at the lever gun space, and like you said, 4570, kind of easy to find. 38 357s, you know, pretty easy to find. Um, even 3030s, still out there. Where the 44s, companies make them, they're just not nearly as prevalent. So from a brand position in history, but also just a marketplace, 44 makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And man, that thing shoots. I got hands-on with it a couple of days ago, and Guys like Jim West are going to hate it because no one's going to send him one to work on. It, the, the trigger <laughs> and the action on those things are so nice. Yeah, we had uh, Jerry was able to come out with one of the hunts, and he didn't have too much to critique on it, so that's always a good sign, right. so, and he's so pretty quiet. So. We're at this, di- this, this, this dinner event, and Jerry's there, and, and there's a limited edition one with really nice walnut and this beautiful black finish to it. and um, It came out, and Jerry picked it up. I didn't see him set it down for the entire night. I mean, literally, he's in the food line holding the rifle, <laughs> action open, filling his plate with his other hand. He's sitting at the table eating dinner. with. I mean, he, I never saw that gun leave his hands. Yeah. And nobody was really trying to take it away. <laughs> he, you could hear him growl as they get a little close. <laughs> he mumbled something in Cajun. I just got out of there. I don't know. Why. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I, I, I love the homage, the throwback of naming it the Model 1854, you know, and and you guys have done an awesome social campaign with it. Um, but, as, you know, as a historian, like, I have seen people don't understand all of the history and all of the connection. And, you know, you and I, we were talking a little before we started filming this and well, how, you know, another company, well, we are the lever gun company and I'm like well if you take it back and you look at it you know smith and wesson and winchester and in name henry if you take it back 170 years it's all the same company <laughs> L- literally all the same company and people don't realize that you know and it, it if if the volcanic pistol in 1854 had fired a cartridge that was far more reliable than the caseless volcanic, you know, Smith and Wesson may well have been a lever gun company, you know, from the get go. Um, And who knows how history would have panned out, you know, if Oliver Winchester hadn't switched from shirts to rifles. I I have a theory on that. I think we've seen on Terminator 2 instead of the the 10 gauge shotgun, Arnold would have been flipping a lever action handgun on the bike. So it looked way cooler. (laughs) That's what I think would have happened. That would have been cool. That's what yeah. I think would have happened. So it was crazy when we were doing the, the teaser campaign out for this this new product. I can't tell you how many comments we got when we did the volcanic yeah. stuff. People are like, they're doing a volcanic. Yep. They're going to make a lever action pistol and all this yep. stuff. So I was like, oh, my God, maybe we should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I had someone. Well, because I, I teased it, too, out on my social. I reposted the, the video of, of the case opening with the volcanic pistol. And I went, 
I signed the NDA. I know what's coming, and it's been really interesting looking at these comments. <laughs> and so I had someone contact me. He was like, are they coming out with the volcanic pistol? <laughs> I'm like, I can't say. I was like, but you're going to be surprised. Yeah. You know, like, no matter what, you're going to be surprised with what you see, you yeah. know. Well, that had to be a really tough road to navigate, too. Because in our space, if you put out something with a guy in a cowboy hat, everyone assumes it's lever action. Right. You know, SIG has a teaser campaign going on right now that um, I know what it is. And, I'm, and you know, it's, it's, it's different. But... Um, it's, it's featuring guys on horses and, and cowboy hats. Everyone's like, oh, Sig's doing a lever gun. No, Sig's not doing a lever gun. But, uh, you know, your audience were looking at it, and there was a lot of people who jumped on that, but because of who you are, they're like, no, they're doing a single-action cowboy gun. Yeah. This is going to be great. Or the guys who thought it was the Volcanic when yeah. that came out. It's like because it's Smith & Wesson, the, the guesses were all over the place. Yeah. So well, that, that teaser campaign was really cool. And then people got really confused because part of the campaign is, you know, camo clothing and a guy out in a swamp hunting, and, and I'm like... I want to take an original volcanic on a hunting trip in Louisiana. <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna go kill a gator with a 41 volcanic caseless ammo. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get eaten by a gator. Is is where yeah. I'm going with that. But you know, no, someday a biologist will find a volcanic in a gator's belly and wonder what happened. <laughs> like, and, and I'll be like, this gator's 180 years old. <laughs> No, we just had to drop a few in there to throw them off the scent a little bit. They were, yes. You know. but, but it still worked, though, because the thing I, and I, I think I've, I was telling you guys about this the other night, what I love about the 1894, especially the stainless two-tone. 1854. Or, sorry, 1854. Um, yeah, it's, it's early. The 1854 <laughs> in stainless is, it's a modern lever gun. You've got M-lock on it. You know, you've got pick rails. You've threaded barrel. Threaded well, barrel. On one version, but you also have a version that's all hardwood, right? Yeah, we got yeah. a high-grade walnut yep. stock and four-end and PVD-coated receiver and, and, and barrel. And that's a limited run of 1,852? 1,854. Is it 54? Okay. Yeah, so someone kept telling me 52 the other night, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Maybe they kept two in the factory, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Those are mine. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's got the modern features, but unlike some other companies who've done modern lever guns, you know, like... Uh, your Mossberg that you, you love. And a 464 Mossberg, yeah. 464. It, it still looks like a classic lever gun. But it, so it's kind of like a Restamod car, like, a, like the Challengers, they did. They, they look kind of like the old ones, but all the modern conveniences and all the modern uh, niceties are in there. And yeah. I, I love that you guys have that. You, you know, we've talked about this for, it feels like a year now, the balance of how much do we lean into the traditional, how much do we lean into the modern, and again, there's that middle road that you you seem to be walking right down the middle of. Yeah, I think it's the most palatable entry point because you're going to have people who are more traditional and would love that aesthetic and are leaning towards that. And that's where like even the high grade, the limited edition mm -hmm. version would be more up their alley. But that one's going to be super hard to get. So the production model that you know most people have a chance to buy will be the synthetic stainless. So trying to find a balance giving people some level of customization if they want to do stuff on the forend with the M-Lock slots and uh, the large loop lever, which is, you know, we use consumer insights to mm -hmm. kind of define all that stuff. Um, but for sure, trying to stay with the traditional lever action rifle kind of aesthetic and model and um, it's walking a tightrope. But I think we were able to do it. I think, you I'm, again, biased, but I think you nailed it. Yeah. It's a great looking gun. And even that, I mean, you know, we're meeting with a lot of aftermarket companies and making sure that we'll have forends and stocks and different things that you can put on your Model 1854 just because we know people are going to want to do it if they, if they right. take that road. Yeah, that's so. turned into a huge market, all yeah. that aftermarket. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it or hate it, tactical lever guns are here to stay. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, and, and you want to talk about a divisive, like, man, no one sits on the fence with the tactical lever gun. Yeah. 
uh, well, fad, you know, well, I, don't, I can't call it a fad because it's, it's not going anywhere. But. I mean, the lever gun was the original battle rifle. You know, load on Sunday, shoot all week. week. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're cool. This is really the first time where I've really got to use them. And like I said, we got to use them in the field and stuff. So having uh, spent a lot of time with this product and seeing kind of how it went through the development stages, it's just been, I'm, it really won me over. I was somewhat lukewarm to lever action rifles. I always thought they were cool. Um, but having been so intimate with this product and the development, I'm all in on them. I think they're one of the coolest guns that we make for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm going to turn to the historian on this one. You know, the, the 1854 has a removable magazine tube. I don't recall that being a common thing. Is Correct. It, is this really kind of, the, is, if not the first, at least one of the oddities in the group? Because in my mind, it makes a ton of sense. So, uh, full disclosure, I haven't handled one of the 1854s. Sure. So, when you say removable magazine tube, it, explain, because uh, there's a couple ways that could be interpreted. Yeah. So, tell me about, before I answer your question, sure. tell me about what that means yeah. for you guys. So there's just basically like a tension slot at the front of the mm -hmm. magazine tube. So you can release that tension, take it off, and then all your ammo can so jump so out. Basically a, a, a big follower comes yeah. out essentially. Like like what we see on the Henry's, right? It's yeah. It's very similar but to there's that. Still, but there's also still a loading gate. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. Okay, so um, yes, that is definitely a much more modern uh, design. Um, what you see on the original Henry model of 1860 is that the follower is exposed and you have to slide that all the way to the end and then that frees things up and you actually pivot the barrel sleeve away gotcha. from and then you load there and then the follower is exposed and comes down. Of course, that's one of the things that ends up getting fixed in the evolution when it becomes the Winchester model 1866 is all of that becomes internalized so that you can put a forend on the gun so that your hand isn't running into the, the follower fire, yeah. and all that and of course and then that's where the side gate comes from and that's all in you know those are all historic innovations that have been adapted and and adopted into the model 1854 so um, the the idea of a you know a removable magazine tube like that you know is is not something that existed 170, 160 or even 150 years ago. Okay. So, yeah, there's a there's a lot of little minor details that aren't features that would necessarily jump out at you until you start to use the product. Like even the M lock slots, um, none of it is rounded on the fore end there. It's it's flush fit. So if you have accessories that you put on there, they've stick right to it there's no wobble there's no play in them if you're shooting from a blind because the bottom is flat it doesn't rock or anything so it's a sturdy platform so there's just little minor details that i think we were able to put into that through just mining stuff from consumers and mm -hmm. seeing what they want and how they use them and um so a little bit in the modern enhancements a little bit of bringing it forward but um still trying to stay true to the platform and i love i'm a big fan of of subtle touches on things and one of the things that i thought was cool when i when i got all the assets in in my email um is the logo on the bottom of the pistol grip yeah. you know on on the grip cap there i just i was like i don't know why but my heart skipped a little <laughs> skipped a beat a little like i just thought that was so classy that yeah. was so cool and and i first noticed it on the limited edition one and I was like, oh, is that, is that just a feature on the limited one? So then I just go, I'm like, no, that's something you guys carried over onto the synthetic one. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So trying to be tasteful in terms right. of like getting our brand out there and letting everybody know it's our product. But um, 
not trying to be too, not trying to be NASCAR on it, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's a balance. So, uh, you know, uh, the, the, obviously there's tons of room for, for, you know, new calibers and everything, uh, for that gun in the future, but are we going to see a, uh, 41 volcanic caseless? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll take it back. All we'll right. see. Yeah. Take it back to the design team. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, like you don't have to have an ejection port on it because it's caseless. So yeah. like I'm, I'm making your tell your engineers I'm making their lives easier. We say <laughs> that and we go, I don't know, but then you really think about it. We probably sell them, so yeah. they probably actually no sell. You'd sell at least one, <laughs> yeah. I, you know. Well, you know, just based on the, the the talk I've heard over the last decade in our industry, someone's going to reach out to you about a 41 Magnum. Oh yeah, those t those oh, ten yeah. guys who want a forty that always the, it's always the same ten guys who want the forty one Magnum will reach if they yeah. haven't already will reach out. Yeah, yep. I uh, saw it already in the comments. People looking, <laughs> I, I did see a forty one Magnum and ten millimeter, the two, and I knew ten millimeter oh, was yeah. coming even before I opened oh, the comments. Yeah. You know, it's funny because we were doing the teaser campaign and I was like, okay, this could go one of two ways, and I, we've had them go both ways where people are really excited and it's great, or it's just the not not so great mm -hmm. um and i was like the goal here is i don't want anyone to think it's a 10 millimeter product i don't want anyone to think it's a double stack 1911 <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be like somewhat direct Ooh. and let them know but like you know i got an idea for you now then. a lever action double stack in 10 millimeter Ooh. There we go. Lever action double stack in 10 millimeter that feeds from polymer mags through the pistol grip in the buttstock. Yeah, it's a block. And is a takedown. And is a takedown. There we go. Yeah. We, yeah. We won. With yeah. caseless ammo. Yeah. You've got to find a way to do 10 millimeter caseless ammo. Okay. That's, yeah. I'm all writing right. all this down. <laughs> so I see. Yeah, I, I, I'm amazed <laughs> at how you're writing it all down as you sit there with folded hands. As absolutely <laughs> groundbreaking and wonderful as that idea is, I do know there is a, a very special um, project coming up from Smith & Wesson involving the 1854, and that's another reason we had Vince on, because um, you got to tell us about these commemorative sets you're starting to do. Yeah, uh, so we do have the production model. Then we went to the high-grade walnut with the PVD coating, and that's kind of the limited. And I think we wanted to just flex our muscles a little bit on that craftsmanship and what Smith & Wesson is known for and kind of pay homage to this platform and us entering it. So we've got an uh, 1854 engraved limited edition version. So it's got gold inlay engraving. It's got the high-grade walnut stock and four-end PVD coated. Um, we're pairing it with a Model 29 Classic. So you get both in 44 Magnum. It's going to come in a, in a display case. It's going to have a letter, a collector's letter, signed by Mark Smith. They're going to be engraved and numbered. We're only doing 100 units of them. Okay. Um, and so number one and number two, you guys are helping us out with. Um, I'm super excited. Yeah, set number one uh, will be up for, uh, in, in fact, based on when this drops, it probably is up for auction right now on Gunbroker. Yeah. So if you want quite literally a one-of-a-kind collector's item set number one of 100 um, hit Gunbroker and uh, so you're not you're not selling the other 98 is that right uh, I don't know what we're gonna do with <laughs> we'll now, see well that's interesting to make a hundred of them and have no plans for what you're gonna do with the other I mean that that's intriguing yeah. as to where that could go you know yeah our, honestly our attention isn't really to sell them we wanted to just kind of have these and commemorate the launch and for us it's you know a new category entry and um our first like modern lever guns and so uh we thought this was a good like way to tie in the revolver heritage the the caliber 44 
and then our new product and kind of in this pristine kind of, you know, really cool aesthetic package that right. um, just has all the fine touches to it. It's just, it's truly just a masterpiece of, of manufacturing and, and product. Well, and the first thing that I thought of when you said you're, you're going to pair the long gun with the revolver. and I was like, don't call a 29 a short gun because that just doesn't, <laughs> that's not enough. Oh, that would have been weird, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been weird. Um, but the first thing that crossed my mind is, you know, even though the Model 29 comes about far after the end of the Wild West, but the first thing I thought of takes me back to the Wild West. It's like your revolver and your long gun chamber them in the mm -hmm. same, same caliber, caliber. Yeah. that was the first thing that entered my mind yeah. you know and that and that's what you're going to get with the 1854 and the model 29 i, th I think that's really cool and i wanted to set i wanted to ask you because you mentioned that they're going to be engraved and inlaid with gold and i know i know you guys go both ways with this stuff um because you do have a custom shop and everything is the engraving is it going to be you know machine engraved, or is one of your in-house hand engravers going to be doing the engraving? Uh, so uh, Baron in Connecticut is actually okay. going to oh. be doing the engraving for us from both. So the the Model Twenty Nine and the eighteen fifty four are going to have matching engravings. Okay, so and Baron does fantastic. Yeah, they yeah. they do so do really good, good work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they've been great. Um, so uh, we'll get those two. They're going to be out for auction. So pretty excited about that. I mean, if you've seen any episode of this podcast, you know I'm a huge Model 29 fan. So even just a, a Baron engraved Model 29 has me excited, but then you throw an 1854 in the mix as well, and they match. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, I may not make a few mortgage payments this this year. Let's just let's <laughs> we're going to throw a few bids on this one. Yeah, no, and I think it's good, and I, we really appreciate you know you guys helping us um, and, and getting that out to people. And I think it's such a we talk about modern history. This truly is like a, a collector's piece that if you look back, you know, 100, 200 years from now, like, and you had this, it's, it's just like a moment in time where we entered this space again, and who knows what it'll look like 200 years from now. But um, it's just such a, you know, it's, it's art, essentially. Yeah. Like, these two uh, firearms together in this case is really just art. It's, uh, it's gorgeous. And if th as if that's not enough, I mean, I think we can agree this is probably going to bring a pretty high dollar value when it finally sells. Sure. And it's not like Vince is putting that in his, in his pocket. No. Where, where, where are the funds going from this auction? Yeah, so uh, we're going to help uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and SCI. Um, so Very any of the proceeds good. are going to go to those guys. And that's to help just their great organizations. Absolutely. Um, we want to help their causes and what, they're, what they stand for. And I think for us, especially you know, getting back into the hunting space and, you know, that conservation kind of mindset, it just makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and absolutely. We're not looking for the money here. We want to do something good with it. So that's kind of the goal. Are those, are those guns done? Like are, are the one and two that are going to get auctioned, are they completed yet? Yeah. Are they going to be like on display at SCI or anything or? Uh, so we won't have them at SCI. Um, Darn, cause it's in our backyard. <laughs> I, I was going to, I'm going and I was like, I'll have to look for it. Yeah. But. No, they won't be there. Um, so we'll have uh, we'll have some cool stuff coming out um, just around the auction, so people can get a really good look at you know the products and get yeah. some videos up. And if you're lucky enough, you can you can take one home. Yeah. Well, you'll have to give Alan a place to live once they <laughs> foreclose on his house. <laughs> Alan's living in a tent, but he's got a 54 and a 29, and he's a happy man, right? right. What I'm trying to figure out, Jerry at least had one hand free to eat. I don't know what I'm going to, because I'm going to have both hands full. I, so if it, you got to make sure it's unloaded first, but if you, it's going to be eight and three eighths inch on the 29. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't have it any other way, no. right? Yep. Uh, so as long as it's unloaded, you can hold the revolver by the barrel 
and use the stocks <laughs> to shovel go. the food into your. F- it's going to be the only way you're going to make it work. Actually, what I was going to do, you know, I was <laughs> just going to go ahead and, you know, uh, screw and JB weld a, a, a tack rail on the bottom of the rifle and then yeah, one on the top of the 29 and nice. just put them together that way. So, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That'll increase the value. Send all your hate mail comments <laughs> through the comment section. To, yeah, yeah like, a cha- like a chainsaw grip, but it's actually a pistol. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There are a lot of ways you can destroy a gun, <laughs> uh, but but as soon as the words JB Weld come out of Alan's mouth, it's like I is gunsmith. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> At that moment, Vince went, you know, maybe we don't want to send number set number one yeah, over new, here. Yeah, yeah, new policy. Gun broker employees cannot <laughs> bid on this gun. Or touch them because yeah. Alan went, you know. For the record, I was completely joking. <laughs> yeah. Only because, you know, we ribbed you so yeah. hard. And now, yeah. he's, now it's no, I'm walking about. Right? I'm walking yeah. about. Yeah. You're going to find out in the comments. You're going to get it now. Yep. We hope so because I, I love it. I, you know, some people shy away from people being mean in the comments. And I'm just like, bring it on, yeah. man. I, I got that's you know, what I'm here out. for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the like the morale patch you see on the floor set. I'm I'm the caca magnet. <laughs> so you know, Vince. Last time we had you on, you guys were uh, just opening up the new factory there in, in Marysville, Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, and you know, now it's been a few months from that. So how how are things going? Give us a little update on you know what it's like in the new home. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we've started to. Uh, migrate a lot of production and stuff down there now so um, the assembly process is is happening so different lines are getting uh, assembled in in Tennessee so um, still like some stages need to happen I think our plastics factory still needs to get uh, relocated from Connecticut down there and Mm -hmm. that's probably something down the road we'll do Um, trying to do it in stages to not disrupt kind of what we can do in terms of serving the the consumers and making sure that we're still producing good high quality products and getting them out the door um, all distributions coming out of Tennessee now and I think um, we've started with some shields 2.0s it's on the slide in Maryville Tennessee and yep um, we're doing uh, I've seen the SD9s with it on there and it, the it, it, look, it looks good and we'll uh, we'll have some cool ones where that we actually have uh, some of the first ones that we had produced there uh, for the 2.0s and shields, and doing a little Tennessee TriStar logo on them on oh, like cool. the the slide and stuff. So just a little like way to say, hey, this one came from Tennessee. Was one of the first guns we had actually made and shipped out of that space so. and and then the the collector in me my brain if, if i was wearing like a, a brain scan thing you'd see everything lighting up i'm going how do i get one with those yeah arm, you got arm wrestle mike for one i well so it's funny you mentioned <laughs> that so mike helms who who is one of the smith and wesson historians he was on one of our episodes with us um i did see on his instagram the other day he was like did i need another one he's like no but i had to have one that said maryville tennessee on it you yeah. know and i'm like totally valid reason to yeah. buy another gun you yeah. know, I think it was the SD too. Yeah, I think it was. It was it yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. But I just, I just loved that. He was like, "Did I really need that?" It's not about what you need, you know. You know that actually raises a logistics question. I hadn't thought of. So now that you're out of a new facility, obviously there's some paperwork that has to be done with the ATF. Do this? Do you reset serial numbers, or do the serial numbers just continue you know, for an existing product line that moves? Yeah. Does it continue, or are those a new series of serials that starts and sits off a different line? No, it just comes through. Okay. So it's just housed under one FFL, so we just have different points. So it's okay. nothing nothing okay. crazy that we have to do on that side. 
thank God. Um, <laughs> so at some point now there'll be the forum belt. Well, this serial number means it was built here in this serial number. Okay. Right, yeah. yeah. It's going to get really crazy in the fifth edition of the standard catalog of Smith & Wesson, <laughs> you know. it's. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. It's Very been, cool. No, well, so Move's been great. We love it. Um, can't say enough good things about it. And uh, hopefully we just get the opportunity to keep producing some cool products and follow up the model 1854 with some other cool stuff so hoping to have a big year um i feel confident that you know i've seen the roadmap and i think people are going to be pumped with kind of the stuff we're coming out with so very cool well, yeah. i'll say you've come out of the gate strong so yeah yep good start definitely well vince perot smith and wesson thank you so much for joining us on this episode we really appreciate you not only being on the show but being back on the show yeah. you know we yeah. didn't scare you away so that's always a good thing repeat yeah. customers he might be he might be the first repeat customer actually i think he is I think yeah he is. too yeah. bad for you guys <laughs> when, you, when you get like this snl the five timers club you know jackets, <laughs> jackets made up <laughs> yeah i get a green jacket you get, you get, a, you get a jacket it ties in the back <laughs> <laughs> and he's jb welded <laughs> all over it awesome well again vince thanks for coming and joining yeah. us on the show thanks guys appreciate it thank you all right well that's it for us on this episode of the no low ballers podcast really appreciate you tuning in and joining us make sure you're subscribed on your favorite platform uh, give us some likes leave us some comments we do read and respond to the comments we appreciate all the feedback uh, we hope you guys enjoyed consuming this episode as much as we enjoyed making it because without you there is no us so that's it for us today and we will see you right here again on the next episode of the no low ballers podcast <laughs>